You are listening to Daily Devotions with Pastor Robert Marsbach. We believe that these devotions will encourage and strengthen you. So tune in, connect, and be blessed. For any more information, please visit us online at lifechurchuk.org. Welcome to Life Devotions. Thank you for joining me today. Committed to God who judges righteously. It's a bit of a long title, but I, I just couldn't just use just part of it. I had to just use the whole thing. Committed to God who judges righteously. You see, there are times in our lives, friends, we need to realize if we fight our own battles, we'll make a mess of it. Jeremiah, in a scripture that I got in my heart a long, long time ago, and that scripture always stuck with me. He said, Lord, please correct me, but not in your wrath, lest I be consumed. The Living Bible says, but be gentle. He said, because even at my best, I can make a mess of things. Discipline me, train me, form me, shape me, make me, in other words. And David had the same heart. David says, Lord, do not abandon the work of your hands, for I am your handiworks, but complete that which concerns me. Psalm 138, verse 8. Oh, how I prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed those verses. Oh, I would pray from Psalm 119, which Luther says is the Psalm of David, and how I used to pray from that Psalm, Lord, help me to want what you want so that I may see your miracles again. How I sought the Lord to shape me, mold me, and make me, and I knew I was in that furnace of affliction, and God was using whatever the circumstances of my life were to bring out the dross and to plow up the uncultivated ground. Bring up the dross means to bring to the surface by the heat of life the impurities that are hidden within the nature. Plowing means that you bring to the surface that which is hidden beneath and open the ground to receive the rain and, and the seed and so forth. And yeah, and we don't always like it to go through those seasons in our lives, but I do thank God for them with all my heart. And there's nobody who will partake of God's holiness and who will share the spirit of holiness and sonship who does not go through chastisement and discipline and where God deals with parts of our nature that are contrary to His. And friends, when you have been, when you're going through this, often it is during this time that the accuser comes around as well. And that the accuser tries to jump on the situation and, and uh, jump on the bandwagon, I think is a bad, bad statement, but he tries to jump in the situation and tries to mess it all up. But I believe as your heart stays tender before God and yielded before God, He will work in you. And as you have been yielded, and as God has worked His nature in you and His character in you by His indwelling Spirit, as it says in 2 Corinthians 3, verse 17 and 18, and chapter 4, verse 16 through 18 of 2 Corinthians, as you've allowed God to work in you, he brings out this incredible glory, this incredible glory. And I want to show you a man who God had worked in, and his name is Stephen. 
Stephen was just there. He was always there. He was just always there. He was always in the church, always full of light, full of life, full of love, full of goodness. He was always there supporting Peter and John and everybody by being there, by worshiping and singing and helping and serving. And, and then Peter and, and John got, got all kinds of Oh, frustrations from people who were saying, you're not doing enough, you're not doing enough in helping all these widows and these Greek widows are, going, are not being cared for sufficiently. Um, and Peter said, it's not right for us to not have time for prayer and for the word. So why don't we look for seven men among us full of the Holy Spirit and faith who we can put over this work? And Stephen was one of them. And here Stephen and Philip and others uh, were serving. They, they're taking care of widows to bring in the food to their homes and they, they're helping them, you know, and so forth. I mean, that's not easy work, folks. That's hard work. Most of the time, it's just plain old hard work. People feel called to the ministry and they just see somebody on the pulpit and they think that that's all there is to ministry. But often ministry is just really hard, hard work. Hard work. And Stephen was willing to do the hard work because God had worked in him. And then look here in chapter 7, okay? Um, no, chapter 6, verse 8. Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and signs among the people. And there arose some from what is called the synagogue of the freedmen, Cyrenians and Alexandrians, and those of Cilicia and Asia, disputing with Stephen. And they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spoke. So they secretly induced men to say, we have heard him speak blasphemy against Moses and against God. And they stirred up the people and the elders and the scribes and came upon him and seized him and brought him to the council. And they also set up false witnesses who said, the man does not cease to speak blasphemous words against the holy place and the law. For we have heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth will destroy this place and change the customs which Moses delivered to us. And all who sat in the council looking steadfastly at him saw his face as the face of an angel. In other words, he was radiant with this glory. I find it absolutely unimaginable that in the face of God, people can be so evil and not repent of their evil thoughts and feelings. But that is the reality of the nature of wickedness in this world. And don't you dare think for a split second that you're immune to that. The only thing that makes you free from it is Jesus living in you by his Holy Spirit, not only keeping you free, not only making you free, keeping you free, but continuously transforming you by his indwelling life to give you authority over it, to give you power over it, to cause you to stand above it and not allow yourself to get underneath it. And these people rose up and Stephen opened up the scripture out of his heart. When you read his sermon in chapter seven, wow. 
is so powerful. And he's preaching and he's putting in the plow. He's putting in the word of the Lord. He's putting in the word of the Lord. And all he gets when he puts in the word of the Lord is resistance. All he gets is resistance. And he says to them in verse 51, you stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears. In other words, your heart is so close to, to the light and the life of God and your ears are so close to it. You always resist this Holy Spirit. You resist the Holy Spirit. I don't want to ever resist the Holy Spirit, do you? I don't ever want to have any, a, a hard heart that cannot hear the Holy Spirit as Hebrews chapter 3 warns us against. Hebrews 3 verse 7, as you hear the Holy Spirit today, do not harden your heart. Do not allow your heart to go astray. Do not allow your heart to grow hard against the Lord. And their hearts were so hard against the Lord that even though it was manifesting in Stephen, they resisted it. They didn't embrace it. They didn't receive it. They resisted it. Oh, Jesus, help me never to resist your love and your life and your goodness. Amen. But Stephen, he just kept going. And when they were gnashing, it says in, in verse 54, gnashing their teeth against him. Look at it. And when they heard these things, they were cut to the heart and gnashed at him with their teeth. He, being full of the Holy Spirit, oh, how he was above that opposing spirit. He, being full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God. And Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, look, I see the heaven open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. And they cried out with a loud voice, stop, stopped their ears, ran at him with one accord, and they cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at the feet of a young man named Saul, who became the Apostle Paul. And they stoned Stephen as he was calling on God, saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. You see what Stephen did? Come on, I want you to see what he did when we was he being stoned. He said, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he knelt down and he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not charge them with this sin. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. I pray that that is so strong in you and me. You see, when I today say committed to God, he judges righteously. That is the spirit I'm trying to talk to you about. Committed to God. Committed to God. Keep committing it to Him. Don't let it root in the evil things people say. Don't let it root in the unkindness, the rejection, the hurt, the pain, the misunderstanding, the misjudgment. Don't let it root in. Don't meditate on it. Don't be busy with it. Don't talk about it. Don't share it with others. Don't do it. Committed to God. Committed to God. Committed to God. Can you hear me? Committed to God. Let go of it. My father would look at me with his green eyes when I was so offended, and he would say, Son, let it go, and it will let you go. Let it go. Let it loss, and you saw loss a lot of water, is the Dutch way of saying it. And I so pray that there's nothing that has a grip on your heart 
accept Jesus and his amazing love and grace like you see here in Stephen. Oh, how Jesus used this Stephen to pierce the heart of Saul. Saul was there in that, in that, in that, in that place listening to Stephen speaking and Saul was standing there seeing the servant of the Lord crying, Jesus, I see you, Jesus, receive my spirit, Jesus, don't charge him for this sin. And the Lord used that to pierce the immense hardness. Do you know something? There are hearts that are still so hard and the Lord needs you in your submitting yourself to Christ. He needs you to pierce those hearts, to break them open, to open their hearts, because it wasn't much later that Jesus called out to Saul and said, Saul, so why are you persecuting me? It's no good for you to kick against the goats. The goats is a sharp point on a long stick that the farmer uses to goat the oxen into action when they would not plow, pull the plow. And so many times the Lord has to goad us. He has to pierce our inner being because we're not, we're indifferent. We're sleepy, we're sluggish, we're slothful, we're spiritually lazy, or we're indulging too much in the things of this life to be filled with the heavenly life. And the Lord has to remind us, come on, come on, come on. Let me close with you from 1 Peter, starting in chapter 2, verse 21. For to this you were called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps. And he's saying this in, in reference to servants, verse 18 of 1 Peter chapter 2. Servants, be submissive to your masters with all fear, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the harsh. For this is commendable if, because of conscience towards God, one endures grief, suffering wrongfully. For what credit is it when you are beaten for your faults and take it patiently, but when you do good and suffer, if you take it patiently? This is commendable before God. For Christ, for, for you were called because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps, who committed no sin, nor was deceit found in his mouth. When he was reviled, did not revile in return. And when he suffered, did not threaten, but committed himself to him who judges righteously. The title of this devotion. He bore our sins in his own body on the tree that we having died to sin might live for righteousness by whom stripes you were healed. Wives, chapter 3, verse 1. Likewise. And then he says a little bit further, husbands in verse 7, likewise. In other words, practice this at home. Let that sweet submitting yourself to God become the very thing that pops the, the strife and stops its harassing over your home. And it pops the irritation, it pops the hardness, it pops the indifference, it pops the lack of love and compassion and sympathy and empathy. It just pops it, this sweet spirit of self-sacrifice where you commit yourself like Stephen to the Lord and the Lord uses that sweet spirit 
to arrest that which has been grieving his presence in your home, maybe, or in your own heart, or in your own attitude towards others. You know, it's amazing when God can work that nature of Jesus in you and then watch him deal with the situation according to his way to bring reconciliation, restoration, forgiveness, and healing. God's ways are always so much better. Amen? Have a good day.